You're listening to episode eight. Dr. Scott and I get together regularly to talk leadership around at least three important topics that you can go from. What, what is this? From? What is three. It's going to be a long show. <laughs> You're listening to Leader FM, a weekly talk show for intelligent leaders and executive coaches reaching for the next level. Leader FM is hosted by executive coach, Dr. Scott Francis and marketing media man, Tony Creech. This episode of Leader FM is brought to you by Advanced Leadership Coaching and TheCreechLeague.com. This week on Leader FM, Dr. Scott and Tony talk about the opportunity of the new year, good goals versus bad goals, and how to set resolutions you'll actually keep. Hello world, you're listening to episode 8. Dr. Scott and I are here together to talk leadership around at least one important topic that you can grow from today because we believe you're ready for the next level. So let's dive in. It is so good to chat with you, Dr. Scott. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Tony. It's good to be with you again. Sure, you don't have to lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> I am so tired. I don't know if I'm going to be loopy or not. Just coming out of the days of having a baby. And, and da-da, the whole world can now know you. You guys had your baby. Now... The baby, the baby uh, was born earlier, right? Yes. Really surprised us and, and uh, messed up the launch schedule of one of my programs. Oh, did. <laughs> Amy was such an amazing, an amazing woman. She did it all, all natural. Mm. And whenever you say these days, that when you ever you say you're going to do that, all the nurses kind of look at you like, okay, we'll see. I'll come back in a minute and ask again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she was she did an amazing job, and my sleep doesn't exist for me anymore. And oh, I don't know what a biorhythm would be if I had one. <laughs> I'm jealous of you guys, and at the same time, I'm so glad to be done with that season of life. But boy, oh, I'm just so excited! And uh, uh, just for listeners, I had a chance to uh, go and see the little one and spend some time with with Tony and Amy. And uh, boy, she is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You guys are lucky. Thank you. Lucky, tired parents. I don't know if I'll have any jokes today, Scott, because all my jokes got sucked out of me from the baby and the sleep. I get it. You are, it's like you're going to be in jet lag for the next month here. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Had the baby came any earlier, I also would have missed out on Star Wars. (laughs) Then people would have, then people would have spoiled it for me. Yep. So we just hit New Year's and with the, with the people that I spent New Year's with, some they did like a little quick, what are five things you want to do this year? And mm. New Year's is all about a lot of people making uh, resolutions. And so my Facebook feed and my LinkedIn feed is full of 10 reasons to, to make New Year's resolutions and 10 reasons not to do New Year's resolutions right. and people hating and dumping on resolutions. Mostly because they probably said last year they were going to like lose 10 pounds and they didn't. Yeah. They gained 20 when they checked or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think the New Year's is actually really important. And I actually really love the New Year, even though I'm, my Facebook feed is full of New Year stuff. I think it goes double because my birthday is in December. And, uh, and uh, as I mentioned last show, I get really reflective on my birthday. So you have this mix of. Uh, birthday reflection with end of the year and beginning of the new year reflection resolution. It creates a lot of momentum for me in my life. For me, it's it's a big deal, but I wanted to chat with you about it because I know with all these different opinions on resolutions that lead, you know, what what's what's the what's the way a leader should approach this? Like 
Is this something when you coach clients on, do you take time around this type of year to, to, to talk? Yeah. A good question. Well, um, with my uh, leadership system, leadership development system, that's a major mm-hmm. component. It's one of the codices and it, uh, it gets into what kind of intention you're bringing to your leadership. Um, mm. I think one of the challenges that we run into, you mentioned this, when we have done resolutions in the past and then we look back and we realize we broke them, it, you know, we kind of roll our eyes and say, they're dumb, they're <laughs> stupid and you shouldn't make them. And part of it's because really what they are is a broken promise. Mm. And, and, you know, it's, you hate to look at that, that I broke a promise to myself. Mm. You know, that's so true. And I think there's also some externalizing of responsibility around that. Like I've heard people, when they complain about resolutions not working, they say, ah, those don't work. And that's like trying to pretend that the thing was supposed to be an external thing you added into your life rather than you doing something. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, the resolutions don't do anything. They're just resolution. It's you that does it. It's not like a magic phrase you say, and then tomorrow you wake up and your feet are bigger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's self-created. I don't think there's anything special about New Year's necessarily, that New Year, like, a planet's a line or something, and it makes life easier to change. But it is true that these self-created, for me, self-created markers and signposts help us take the time to think through what normally projects and er stuff that's always urgent, they don't let us reflect on it enough. Um, it's not about the fad. It's not about 10 things. And, and to speak to your point, I'm kind of against light goal making around New Year's time. Like when people were playing this game, I kind of was like, mm. make somebody makes a quick goal about how many pushups they want to do. Like that's like more power to them. But the, the thing that makes me pause is that when you make little goals that you don't achieve, it really slows down your momentum. Mm. Two months after not achieving your little goal might keep you from trying it the rest of the year. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, I I think there's um, uh, it needs a name, some sort of um psychological phenomenon. Part of it is the self-efficacy thing, the belief that I can learn, mm. but then there's also this internal belief that says promises that I make to myself I keep. So if we get into the habit of making these one-off promises that, that we're, we're just giving lip service and we're not ever, ever going to keep, mm. then our unconscious brain just kind of gets used to thinking, this is not real, this is not important, don't even pay attention. Mm. Here's, I think, what happens with the, the New Year's resolutions. They're oftentimes approached spur of the moment, without mm-hmm. any forethought, without a lot of reflection and whatnot. It's just, what do you feel like right now? And so you might, you might say something like, yeah, I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to do a hundred pushups or, you know, or I'm, I'm going to be a better person. They aren't mm. necessarily a resolution that has any kind of plan behind it or any yeah. kind of, it's not necessarily connected well enough to your values that it has the teeth to make a difference. It's really yeah. crappy strategic planning is what it is. Yeah, that's exactly the conversation me and Amy had over breakfast yesterday morning, which was yesterday was January 1st. And our conversation was around goals. And Amy was asking me what my goals were for the year. And I was 
And I told her that because of the baby coming, I haven't completed my year end and year beginning process to make really strong, important commitments for the year. So I didn't want to make a, a quick list because it would mean nothing. And that mean nothing quick list would actually slow me down from the big things I want to get done. They'll actually, they're not neutral. They'll actually create lag. They're like wearing a sweater and trying mm. to swim laps. Mm. That's a good way of thinking of it. Yeah. I think that if we, uh, one of those things is that people treat certain things that are marathons like a sprint. So if you're thinking, man, I'm going to lose X amount of pounds or something like last year, I achieved big physical goals. And so I had an experimental, not too serious vibe to it that I needed to be able to accomplish it, but I still treated it like a marathon. Mm. And, uh, there's also that the whole thing about putting the cart before the horse, you don't want to overthink, but if you don't think enough, you're doomed to fail. Mm. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You don't want to overplan, but you don't want to fail to plan. Like on my on my quick sketch light list, because I was refusing to give her goals. <laughs> one of them was that this is the year I want to learn to cook enough so that I would say, quote unquote, I know how to cook. Like I know how to cook, but oh, I know how to cook, mm. cook. <laughs> but that, but I, I hold that very loosely. I'm not actually committing to it, and, I, and that's one of the words that I like using to determine this light goal setting versus the kind of things I want to put down on a list like that. And that's commitment. So the like, word commitment sounds like committing to a relationship. Right. So it's kind of like you're, you're dating your <laughs> possible goals. You know, I like, like that you're, you're just, you're just uh, trying on this suit here or, or test yeah. driving and just seeing whether you're going to, yeah, yeah, I get what you're getting here. Um, and then you choose and, uh, that, and commit to And then to, you commit to them. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So you're, I mean, you're pro-resolutions, right? Yes, pro-resolutions. Um, uh, but w in, the, uh, in the real key sense of the word, resolution um, is um, you're resolving. Uh, mm. Oftentimes that means you're, you're kind of dealing with a problem. I want to mm. resolve this now. I want to bring an end to this. I want to make a, or revolution could be maybe a better word. Mm. Um, the, the thing that I was saying before about how if you do not, if you get into the habit of breaking promises to yourself, you're going to really slow yourself down. Um, that is what causes people to be negative towards it. Um, the good thing about it, though, is that you're actually taking the time to reflect and make some plans. What, is, what would be worse is if someone is going through life saying, I don't do resolutions because they're dumb. And as a result, they don't do any kind of personal reflection. They don't do any kind of personal development. And, and you know, we've said this in one of our earliest podcasts, then that's like the unexamined life. You know, it's just not yeah. quite worth living. Yeah. So yeah, you got to do it. I mean, it. if they're really against resolutions, they're probably not listening to this. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they turned it off a long time ago. But There's I think, a little bit of choir preaching. Yeah, possibly. But, yeah. Well, now here, let's look at like, the conversation well, you, you did have with Amy. Um, yeah. Uh, my guess is it would have worked a lot better had you, had you been intentional together to say, we're going to meet about this and talk about it tomorrow. So take the next day to think about it and come already with a bit of a plan in, in place. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the classic family meeting. Um, mm-hmm. In the same way that when you're at work, you pre-wire each other when you you get the agenda and you know what's coming and so you come to the meeting prepared. We can mm-hmm. do that at home too. That's where real awesome family living happens. And I don't know that there's many families that practice that kind of thing. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, is it Lencioni? He has a book on that, right? Where his wife started learning some of the coaching principles he uses and then used them on him to have a good family meeting. But <laughs> it's kind of an interesting book. Yeah. I think his book was called The Three Questions of a Frantic Family. Okay. Sometimes you, 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 know, you learn these leadership principles and you don't even apply them on your family. You don't, as a family, learn how to have critical conversations and planning together. And so me and my wife, we will do that. And actually one of the things uh, that I wanted to get into about, you know, like stage of like, so what do we do? And I think the first, one of the first best, one of the first stages you should always take in setting goals and stuff is uh, some part of reflection. Part of the reflection that we do and that I did as to get us ruminating on it is in my OmniFocus uh, I have a big projects of lists saved of like to do's and stuff. And one of them, one of the things to do every year is like a, the big goals for that year as a family. Yeah. And so I brought out the one from 2013 and 14 and 15 and I just read through them with her and we heard things that we accomplished things where, uh, where we made a change mid year, like or one year we had to build a deck, but, uh, as the year went on, we knew that that wasn't the most important thing to do. And so we cut it off the year's list midway through. And so it doesn't become something we didn't accomplish because of failure, right. but just a choice we made. And we know why we made it. And you kind of, we go through these lists and you see all the stuff you actually did accomplish. You know, you're getting something. I, I uh, was just reading through my journal uh, mm. and uh, it was funny. I was feeling the emotion that I hadn't accomplished much in the last little while here. And then I was just reading through my journal. Uh, I was looking at September and in it, I was writing about something or two things that I really needed to accomplish big projects. And here in, in January, I, I totally, I got them done and, and I totally forgotten mm-hmm. about them mm-hmm. and was feeling like I didn't do much this year. It's ridiculous, you know? Uh, <laughs> and, and so you're, you're right. I think looking back and reflecting and if you're in the practice of journaling, it's, it's a great thing to do for that reason. Um, Mm. And reflecting midway, you're right because um, your your values are gonna are gonna change. You know, now all of a sudden you've got a new baby. There's things that used to be important to you that suddenly aren't, and vice versa. You know, and it's it's normal for values to to change and shift. But I think sometimes when we're not intentional about that, we're oftentimes pretending or or acting like like the previous person. When all of a sudden yeah. now we need to be somebody different. You're in a new role. You have a new a family member or, or suddenly you're, you're single. Uh, you know, it, you, you need to live different. Your values need to shift for your new role. Mm. We've kind of talked about both the how of this new year thing and a little bit of the what and why. And I, I jumped a little bit into the how with talking about reviewing my old, you know, lists of commitments and goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did want to tie up the knot a bit more around the idea of 
when we talk about resolution or commitment, what do we mean by that? Yeah. And to say, what's a, and like Scott, like what is good, a good type, what makes a goal, a good goal to do? So I do okay. think that yeah. a lot of ways people create goals, hold us back. I think there is, this is a, a big, uh, a big road to go down to look mm. at the power of intention and how to apply that in life. So we'll get into that in, in some further podcasts. But for now, I think one, one thing to look at with goals is to not think of them as just something you put on your to-do list, scratch it off and you got there. You know, mm. the, it's, it's what you need to become in order to get that goal. You know, there's that classic quote by Martin Luther King, set a goal so big that you can't achieve it until you grow into the person who can. Mm. Because oftentimes the goal itself is not as fulfilling as the journey it took to get that goal or the being mm. that person. So why do you want to be able to do 100 push-ups? Because of what it does for your core. You want to have a good, great, healthy core that, that if you slip and fall, you're not going to throw your back out too bad. Um, you know, and you, you wanna, don't want to wave a flag that says a hundred pushups. You want to be the kind of person who can do a hundred pushups. Yeah. Yeah. And same with any of those like pull-ups and, you know, mm. handstand pushups and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's because you want to be in shape. Uh, that's, that is the intention. So, so when you're goal setting, you almost want to reverse engineer it mm. and think about what kind of person do I want to be now? What kind of goal would I set that in order to hit that goal, I would have to become that person. Mm. Does that make sense? Yep. No, it makes, because I think in, I think in that mode quite a bit, I think all these big things I want to accomplish. And I think, well, then what do I need to become? I think that one of the, like we get, I think we get slowed back by these arbitrary goals, goals that we haven't thought through. Like we've said, um, stuff where we've, stuff that we can't focus all our energy on because they're either too, they're too small. They're not so big that it demands a lot of our energy and it's not, and it's not worth it because we haven't made that kind of deep commitment to it. But there are, there are things that we can make commitments to ways of being. Um, there are controllables we have. Mm. Um, there are routines, self-talk, there's perspectives and communication things that we can put as number one or processes we can commit to just attitudes we can commit to. That's, I think our first position is a bit about that committing to a certain kind of attitude, body language. Um, like one of our big commitments, me and my wife made this last year had to do with gratefulness, mm. thankfulness. Right. Right. And those are just as big as, um, they're probably bigger than a lot of goals because without a, mindset of gratefulness we're not going to get a lot of these big things accomplished mm. i can buy in a couple different method methodologies and my how but um and you know one of those being uh what, gtd get things the done. getting things done oh. method of uh to do's but then uh, the biggest part of that i just wanted to bring up here is the idea of emptying your brain mm. uh and one of the biggest, one of the biggest parts of the method is that you throw everything out because if you don't empty your brain, you're carrying stuff around. 
Oh, yeah. And at the, end of the, at the end of the year, you have to empty your brain, both in having reviewed things you had thought you'd wanted to do, but you've set aside. Like I do, I do a weekly review and I kind of do the same thing at the end of the year. Like when I go back through and review my goals, it's not simply to say I did this or I didn't do that. It's so that I can, when I review them, my brain says that's not important anymore. Hmm. And then instead of carrying around this subconscious, oh, we didn't do that. We didn't build that deck. I can be like, well, I decided that wasn't important and I can review it right now and decide this isn't that important. Hmm. And that helps you feel better about it. And it doesn't become a sweater in the swimming pool. <laughs> Sounds like a really lame book on goals. It does. The Sweater, sweater in the Swimming, swimming pool. pool by Tony Creech. <laughs> now I have to do it. That's, there you are. Now you have to. It's on the to-do list. <laughs> so Scott, <laughs> yeah. um, because we're, we were preaching to the choir anyway, maybe yes, you yeah. can get into a bit of how you help some, some you know, how, how you coach people through their end of the year process. Right. Right. Well, I think, I think first step is you need to be reflecting, just as mm. we've been saying, looking back over the year. And, and be, I like how you're, you're talking about bringing that thankfulness, but naming and, and, uh, and championing the, the big accomplishments that you did. Because, mm. because then going into the next step, if you feel, if the emotion is one of, of atrophy, where you are, you're feeling, I, I break my promises mm. and I don't get things done and I am not a, a effective person. Um, then you're going to, you're going to probably set goals that are going to be a little bit more subpar. You're just, they're not going to stretch you or you're not even going to know where that stretch point is. So on reflection, you can see, you know, I got this done this year and I experienced this and I enjoyed that. Um, then from there, you then step into now, who do I want to be this year? And, and what, what kind of experiences do I want to have? There's nothing, nothing rocket science here, but it's just the intentionality that you actually do it, that you actually sit down and, and carve out mm. the time. I would recommend that you actually put it in your, your day timer that some point in the next two weeks, go to a coffee shop somewhere by yourself and sit down with a blank piece of paper, not, not mm. something that can interrupt you and... <laughs> and um, just a pen and a paper and, you know, think through and write some of these things down and come out of it with the, the idea that I'm going to have two or three intentions that I want. Things that I want to accomplish or things I want to change or things, you know, and from mm. there then the, you're making a promise. I'm going to actually make actionable goals that will accomplish this this thing here. This is basic strategic planning. We'll get more into this in the future. But the point is that, that you, you do this, not just, just, you know, five minutes on the way driving into town. You know, Scott, when it comes to that, that time with your pencil and paper, I, even though I had mentioned the whole emptying your brain thing again, I'd like to just urge our listeners to, to, to make sure they practice that when they spend when they spend their time that they they just try to empty their brain so that they don't have anything weighing them down subconsciously and then ask some of those questions that we've talked about for the morning time to say what's at the end of my you know what's at the fringe of my awareness mm. and finding a really good question sometimes is more important than finding a goal cuz i know for me it might be that i want more regular morning routines but 
I think that every year. So what's the question that triggers something deeper? Mm. It's the question of, and, and you might sit there asking, finding that really great question. So you can say, what do I need to change to make the morning routine thing happen that I've wanted for a while? Mm. And, and then you, 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 and you, and it might be the process of saying, you know, what am I unaware of or what has blocked me in the past or what is the pain? That's, that's a helpful one, right? Like find the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right now everything is pain for me <laughs> in sleep. There's no morning <laughs> at noon. I did like I noon the other day I did my morning ritual. Oh, it's great. Um, trying to ask the good question because everybody knows this kind of write down your goals thing, but uh, I think, think there is this mist that if we can get through that with using some, some exercises mm-hmm. like running through questions, I don't want to get into our resource for the week, but it will be aimed to do that. Right. Right. Is that the kind of thing you're getting at when you're thinking about this? Like, Yeah, yeah, I think, and you're bang on, right? There's a lot of insight on, on the actual questions that you're asking yourself. Mm. Um, because if you just plan out, say, what am I going to do this year? Maybe mm-hmm. that is going to work for you. But if that question is not revealing anything new or magical or something that gets you excited, then twist it around and find a different way of asking that question or or yeah. ask it, think of a different one. Um, do you know, Tony, um, I have a, a coach, a life coach. I think every coach needs to have a coach. I've got a, a couple actually. And I was spending some time mm-hmm. uh, going through some issues. And one of the assignments that, that I was given from my life coach was to, mm-hmm. to really look at some of my needs and mm-hmm. to think through what, what my needs uh, are and how, they, how I can ask for them to be met. And I was running into this impasse. I, I mm-hmm. really struggled to actually do that assignment. And, uh, hmm. got together with them again and, and, you know, went through, well, why, why, why am I personally running into this kind of struggle? We discovered that if I reshaped the question, instead of saying, what are my needs? I instead said, what are my wants? What would I like? What do I want from this? All of a sudden I, I it was easy for me to answer that question. Mm-hmm. So now for some reason, the difference between needs and wants for me, uh, was, was it, I found it impossible to answer the needs question. Now, I could spend a whole bunch of money and time, uh, go, go to spend some time with a psychoanalyst, uh, go into my past and figure out why that's the case. I have a few suspicions, but at the end of the day, it was way easier. I just, I just change it to say, what do I want? And suddenly I found my voice. And then afterwards I can critique it and say, is this valid? Is this good? Do I want to do this? Yeah. Um, so getting back to the point here, shift the mm. question. If you're finding that you're not getting any answers, you're sitting there just staring at this blank piece of paper mm-hmm. in the coffee shop and nothing's flowing, then yeah, switch that question around to something different. Mm. From there then, uh, you'll want to have uh, a s- two or three things that you want to change. And this is then, when, when I work with my clients, what we'll get into is anchoring goals. And anchoring, mm. that's some neuro-linguistic programming work. What it, what it is intentionally doing is, is seeding within the unconscious what the goal will be like to accomplish. And at the same time, it revs up the energy 
that's involved to accomplish the goal because that energy comes from the emotion that's part of it. You know, like when someone wants to quit smoking, lots of times it's not challenging or you're not motivated enough to quit because there isn't enough emotion connected to it. But suddenly, let's say you lose someone in your family due to lung cancer. All of a sudden, there is, there's, there's a ton of emotion connected to it. Mm. And for some people, that, that has, that's all that it, it took. Not that that's easy, but it just, it just, you, need, you need emotion connected to that goal in order for it to really have teeth for you. Mm. So then you'd walk your clients through finding emotion for each of, the, each of their major goals that they can they can wrap around it to really make it a, a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. I know we'll do a future podcast on uh, performance. And so we'll get into some of these, these uh, neurolinguistic programming uh, techniques and other techniques that you can use to really up your performance, because that's what it, that's what it gets at. Once you have set your, your resolution, now it becomes a thing of actually getting it done. So mm. for what I found here, for example, going to the gym when, when I have just a, a basic gym account and I'm the one who has to do the thinking and the designing of my own program, I'm not mm. so good at it. I'm not so motivated <laughs> to show up. I'll go there, yeah. but then when I'm there, I'll maybe work out at like 60%. And there'll be certain exercises that I just, I don't feel like doing. And so I'm having to make yeah. about 30 or 40 decisions the whole time that I'm there at the gym about what exercises I'm going to do and whatnot. Now, when I sign up for a class which is what I do now. Um, I have a regular class. It's a different exercise every time I go and they're doing the thinking for me. All it takes is just showing up. 95% of the work for me is just showing up. And at that point, Mm. then I just put my head down and just do what they tell me to do. And my body is becoming what I want it to be, where before it just wasn't working for me. Mm. And so I guess the point here is when you set this resolution, there's a good chance that the technique you use to accomplish the resolution is going to be where the magic is. So just because yeah. it doesn't happen doesn't mean that resolutions are dumb. Yeah, and right now I know we're focusing on the technique of goal setting a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I actually would have, we should totally do a longer show on goal setting even though it sounds like it couldn't take a lot of time. Like I've, I don't know, I've read at least three different books on goal setting and I'm about to read another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a show here. Maybe that's part of the challenge I'm feeling right now is, is I want to talk around New Year's resolutions and whatnot. Um, but there is a, a couple big cans of worms here that I just don't want to fully open up. Yeah. Cause they're just, they're whole avenues we want to go down and talk about. Yeah. In future podcasts. So this but is more, like this is an appetizer. Yeah. I feel like there's some, uh, I feel like we're talking about some really good stuff and it does lead into the idea of strategic planning because you need to do this with yourself, but you need to do this with your ventures, your businesses, your organizations, Mm -hmm. um, your families. And I think strategic planning, even though there's like, you know, 80% of strategic plans fail or so, uh, I think that it's, really important and it's part of it is your technique with how you do it it's not that strategic plans are dumb it's like resolutions aren't dumb and uh but instead of 
necessarily going going down yet another rabbit trail. Scott, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the resource for this week. Yeah. Yeah. And then a little, a little bit of a review because we talked some of these things we talked kind of out of order as as they came up in conversation. I'd like to just iron them out a little bit for everybody so that they can sure. end the episode with a little bit of a game plan in their brain. Okay, well, let's give you uh, the resource for the week. And what this is, uh, it's an intention register. This is something I recommend to people and I use myself. Um, this is something that goes at the beginning it's a it's a preface to your to-do list um i put it on a sticky note a yellow sticky note and then it shifts as i move through my to-do list i have it on a book i don't do it digitally um as i switch from page to page through my my to-do list i can shift Mm. over i can move that yellow sticky note with me so it 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 goes on top now the idea here is that you register your intention and it is, it is what you want to be. I have four or five different things that I am intending to be or things that I want to accomplish. Mm. And they're the big, big pieces within my world right now. Mm. And I, I, the idea here is your to-do list really is the epicenter of your work right? That's, that's mm-hmm. ideally where all work kind of flows out of or is organized. When we are not intentional about how we build our to-do list, it oftentimes mm-hmm. just flows out of what's in our email and what's coming at us and what's, mm. what's due today. The tyranny of the urgent, you know? Mm. So what you do with an intention register is that you're saying these pieces here are the big pieces and I intend to get this done or, or accomplish this. And you're doing that, you're, you're designing that pre, uh, previewing your to-do list. It's putting, mm. the, it's putting the horse before the cart. What you're saying is these intentions are the horse. Yeah. Right? Um, or, or these are the things that have to happen. Um, and they trump the rest of the to-do list. Mm. They're the big balls that you want to make room for before you put all the, rest, the little ones in. Right? So I'm just having a look like- at mine right now. Um, <laughs> I've got one of the big ones is to relook at some online resources uh, or to develop some uh, and to put them up by February. Um, there's more there, but I'm not getting into too much right now. Uh, next is to consistently manifest a certain way of being that I want to work on. This mm. is something I've been working with my, my uh, other coach with. And that is a big one, a big piece there that I'm going to bring into every other element of my to-do list. Um, I think there's a bit of presentness in this. Like there, what I'm, I'm hearing some of the, besides the goal, it's about existing and being mm-hmm. and practicing stuff today and being happy in it today. Yeah. It, it is not necessarily something that is a, uh, a thing to accomplish. Like it may be something that you can cross off your to-do list kind of thing, or it is, it can also very much be a way of being or an awareness piece or something like that, that there is that you will write goals that help you to be that, but you're not going to say at the end of the day, it's done. Mm. You know, like you could put on there to be humble. Well, you're never done being humble. (laughs) You never fully achieve it. That's a good quote. Never done being humble. 
<laughs> You're never fully there. 2016. <laughs> so anyways, that's the, that's the idea there. There's more to come uh, when it comes to intention in the future, um, because I think registering intention also is a very important part of uh, interacting with other leaders to find out mm. what their intentions are and to, yeah. to uh, work according to that. But uh, we'll get into that in future podcasts. So what we're offering as a gift to you, actually, this it goes further than just the intention register. Um, we are going to put a, a template up on, on the website. You can take this with you, print it off, and take it to the coffee shop with you when you sit down to, to think this through with your, mm. you know, your, with your blank piece of paper and your pencil. Also have this printed off beside you because it's going to ask you some of those questions to reflect on your year before and some of the things that you want to do uh, coming up. Just very simple then write down what your intentions are and register them. It's registered in your own unconscious. What you're saying is these pieces here. What's also happening with that is that you're saying those other pieces are, are they're important, but not as important as these pieces. Mm. Yeah. Getting our way to these big controllables, these big commitments that we can focus on. I really recommend you go to the site and get it because we're only going to give you stuff that helps. They really help me because there's so much going on in the land of no sleep right now. (laughs) I need them normally, but now. Something that we haven't spoken of that, but as we wrap up, I do want to bring up, Mm -hmm. it might lead us down a whole nother trail is the idea of going through your values. Yeah. And I hope, I hope listeners, I hope what you're hearing in this is, is that simple goal setting is I'm not that big of a fan of because goals can be, they can, they can lead you into this idea of I'm unhappy now. Mm. And I'm, when I set goals for the next year, it's not that I'm unhappy with my, there's a certain wanting more than my current state, but if uh, it's not in a way where you pretend I'm unhappy until I accomplish this big goal or I have till I can do a hundred pushups. Um, that's why, that's why I like bringing in the idea of like present state and this idea of values. Uh, I know that's, I know that's part of your cycle. Yeah. Scott. Yeah. What do you do with this? What do you do with values in terms of this end of the year and setting goals for the next year? Well, values is a big part of, uh, it comes up with awareness but then it mm-hmm. also comes up with intentionality. And it, it kind of is in, in the, the spot between the two, the first and the second codecs of my mm-hmm. leadership system. And, and it's, it, it's one of those ones that I think we all function with values. Uh, some people are just far more aware of their own values. And mm. so when, when I sit down, actually, I've, I've, there are a few different techniques you can do to, to get at this. The thing you don't want to spend is too much time navel-gazing here. Mm. Um, you can get lost in it. Flip side of that, if you haven't written it down, then uh, it, the funny thing is, oftentimes the things that are most important to you get lost. And mm-hmm. because you're, you're chasing what other people say you should value. Like other people yeah. say that you should be tweeting. I was talking with my brother-in-law. He's a farmer about that. And he was told, you know, really good farmers should be tweeting. And he was totally confused. Why? What would that do? You know, but if, if there's no values connected to it, he may, he may have just gone for it. Yeah. Okay. I'll spend, you know, X amount of time sitting on the tractor tweeting and it would have nothing to do with anything that's important to him. Crops looking good. Yep. 
publish. <laughs> and no other farmers or friends or, or clients or anything are reading it. But my point here is when you are aware of your own values, then you're less inclined to get blown about by the winds of other people's values. Mm. And, and it will, it will help you to stay true to what you feel is your, um, your core. Mm. You know, another effect I've seen from the values in my life has been that stated values contribute to my happiness today. Mm. Yeah. Like to say one of my big values is a sense of truth or a sense of, let's go back to gratefulness, gratefulness, thinking about that values very specifically intentionally because of it's in my morning journal and part of my routine makes me happier and more grateful today. And it, it it energizes all the junk I have to do today that can easily become junk. It's like, for me, it's like a project is like, Oh, I really want to do that. And then I'm doing it. And I'm like, Oh gosh, I have to do that. (laughs) One of the ways I can try to be able to produce so much is just to energize it with those values. Yeah. Well, personally, that's, that's a big thing for me. I find that, uh, Having especially a sense of of the things that are really core to my my values, having written them out, mm-hmm. even reflecting on how my values can work themselves out in my business and in my family and in and in this website that I'm developing right now and all those kind of things, it I will oftentimes run into just those moments where I'm just not inspired by this right now, um, but my values are still something that is that that has that emotional attachment. Mm. And I definitely would stand up for them. And I definitely, and so it propels me. You know, another thing that they do, Mm. they also help me to know where my lines are. Yeah. So for example, um, some of the values I've identified, this now has more to do with um, at a larger uh, global level. Some of my values are for, are things around plurality. Uh, I, I value that other people are different. And I, I want to have a society that has difference in it. Mm. So like diversity, when there's somebody out there that is saying, we need to, we need to do everything we can to make everybody like us. Mm. uh, There's that, you just stepped over one of my lines. (laughs) When you know your values, they give you not just the energy that propels you forward, but they also give you the boundaries that, that help you to say, you know what? This one piece here, this is just not me. I'm not, I'm not going to let that be part of my life. It also um, gives you the boundary. If someone is coming in and, and saying, you know, we need to, we need to radically uh, cut some of our research and development budget, mm-hmm. uh, and you've already stated that your values is innovation, mm-hmm. you can say, okay, hold it. That's crossing a line. Yep. Well, Scott, um, let's review a little bit of this. You know, one of my big values in life is comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I bring it up every day. Let's hear it. (laughs) Not really. It's more humor. Comedy is like a defined thing. Telling jokes. Humor. Oh, seriously. Probably is because it it says I can't take life too seriously like I know everything because I don't. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Man, that was a joke turned into a statement. Uh, Bad. Don't do that. And then it waxed eloquent and then it, <laughs> it got all reflective. So just to sum up, there is incredible mental momentum in the new year. 
And I don't think we have the energy to not take advantage of this time, this chance to be reflective and to do important, making important commitments and desires for the next year. I love what you said about setting, looking ahead enough to where you can see this big mountain that you need to grow immensely to be able to climb. Um, For some guys, that's literal. I know for our man venture trip, climb mountains, and sometimes you need to actually prep for that. You're not going to do it. Right. Yeah. But, um, but it's, it's to set a goal that you have to become something better, bigger, uh, in order to hit that goal. mm. Yeah. Like William Wilberforce in the UK saying he wants to abolish slavery in the UK and spent most of his life trying to do that. It's huge. Yeah. So we talked about the idea of making not just little goals, but commitments, things that are controllable, things that lend themselves to practice and to being happy today rather than pretend, like making yourself unhappy. You, you need to be agitated, but uh, see, I'm, I see I want to dive into that box of worms, a box of worms. <laughs> I want to open up that <laughs> can of worms. It's really worth the, the time and commitment to if it's just a little thing that's just going to burn you out. You don't need another yeah. little thing to burn you out this year. You already have enough yep. stuff and, to do. And you want to make sure that you're not getting into the habit of breaking promises to yourself. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that, Scott. It's helpful. Uh, we talked a little bit about the how, and we and we talked about one spending time to reflect, reviewing what's still important, what's no longer important. We talked about taking time, and you really emphasized to champion your wins. Mm-hmm. I got to do this. I have not championed 2015's wins enough yet, for sure, to to refuel me for the next trip. You talked about asking really important questions about what you want in this year's journey, what you want it to be, and I like that idea of like that, that picture of what do you want this year's journey to be like, rather than. even specific goals because it puts the pressure on me to be in a certain state or to do certain kinds of things rather than to tick off certain to-dos. Yeah. Yeah. You set goals in light of that, in light of the big, big dream, in light of the big journey that you want this year to, to take you on. Yeah. Yeah. And then I talked a little bit about finding the pain or finding the good question we also talked about values and how you bring values into these goals that help you set boundaries and help you set the big intentions that matter the most. You didn't talk about this at the end, but it is the end part of this goal setting experience is to anchor. Yes. You said that yeah. we need to find the emotion to anchor them. Yeah. And stay tuned because we'll get into that in future podcasts, but mm. definitely behind it, there needs to be emotion. Mm. You know what I would almost call when, when it, the, the idea of the intention register. Yeah. You want to you wanna treat these things with a high degree of personal respect, almost like they're sacred. Mm. When they get put on that register, they don't go on there lightly. It's almost like a sacred moment when you write it down. This is what I want to be part of me. Mm. I think the big thing, big thing is um, when it comes to resolutions, yes, do them. There's a lot of value mm. there, but do them well. Don't just just a one-off kind of thing to a couple people just throw it out there and in, in a in a meaningless uh empty promise to yourself really think it through and take it take it seriously and at the end of it you'll you'll have two or three things that are really important to you that you treat with a with white gloves they're important to you 
They'll make a difference in your year. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us this week. You can find Scott at leaderadvance.biz. Um, on Twitter, he is at leaderadvance. I am at the Creech on Twitter, and you can find me at thecreechleague.com or tonycreech.net. Please send in all your comments, questions, and follow up to leader.fm. Uh, you'll see a contact form there. It should be pretty easy. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes so we can share the love around. Uh, thanks again to our uh, companies, to Advanced Leadership and to the Creech League for lending us uh, the time to do this podcast. And a uh, big thank you again to you, Dr. Scott, for joining me. It was quite the ball. You betcha, Tony. Good spending time with you. And to our listeners, I want to really challenge you. Go to our website and get the Intention Register Workshop. Sit down at a coffee shop and dig in deep. Identify your values and then register your intentions. And then get back to us about what you did. When I look at stuff like cooking, <laughs> cooking, if it survives and actually makes it on my list, it has a lot more to do with me seeking things that slow me down and connect me to the world and keep me alive in today. And mm. less so much in my head and where I'm existing too much in the future or the past, both of which don't exist. And cooking and doing something like that, it connects me to my food. Because I, I grew up in California and uh, uh, one of my temptations would be if I, uh, you know, I could get really busy and just let food be something that I, that I, just, I just eat to go and I just grab something and I keep working. Uh, but if I stop and I cook, there's a, a weird connectedness, connectedness to the earth and to being a human being alive that brings joy to me, that is surprising to me that it's there. It doesn't come from logical deduction, but from listening to others who've had that experience. And it's, it's, I guess what I'm, what I'm painting is, is that this, that it's a part of this overarching thing that I'm trying to grasp that helps me feel more human and more alive and celebrate living more. Is that making sense? That would be, that would be your intention. Yeah. To be more human, celebrating alive. I mean, everybody is, but what you're saying is to be aware of that and to be savoring that. Mm -hmm. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Like I know that there's a lot of, Oh, I think of, is it Seneca? There's there's a lot of good philosophy um, in Stoics, and it's funny how much uh, great thinking there is about us trying to be alive mm. when we are alive. Uh, anyway, yeah, there's lots there. There's definitely, and there's there's a lot of people in the coaching world that are getting into that that idea of bringing presence, awareness. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and they're looking to the Stoics and to the existentialists and they're looking to, uh, you know, uh, Zen and, mm. uh, yoga and other exercises like that to, to develop that, that uh, way of being. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on the productivity side of it, I feel like I need it sometimes because I know me and you are really comfortable with all this mumbo jumbo or stuff that I've heard other people <laughs> mumbo call jumbo. mumbo jumbo. Sure. But Last, like a year ago, I made uh, a commitment and a change to make breakfast for my family. To be the guy who cooks breakfast. I'm not just cereal, but I cook eggs and bake. And I always cook something good. 
and I learned about making really good eggs and stuff. And I did that because I, I wanted this family time and I, and I wanted some of this connectedness and this, I, and I, and the thing is, is that when I am able, when, because I do that, because I spent a year doing that, that helped incredibly in our family relations, but also in my productivity that actually Mm. in stopping and not just going right up to work. Like I, part of my soul wants to do just start working. I'm, I'm usually working before I'm out of bed and just keep going and Hey wife, could you hand me something so I could just munch on it while right. I keep working? Yeah. But if I stop and I do this, I'm, it gives a certain mental space and certain time to, to help things happen. Hmm. And it does result in more in bet in better quality work when I'm working. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked a lot about identity hmm. on our, in, the, in our first episodes and it's if you see it as static, it can be a fairly negative thing. Where I'm always this, it's just me. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes that can be a reaction to people really not accepting you. And the funny, crazy thing is, is that one of the biggest ways to help people grow and change is to accept them as they are. Hmm. Well, and also a big a part f- of that, like like this, the spiritual giants would say that the one of the biggest things that gets in the way is if we are grasping with what we were and not mm. willing to let go. So when the changes are happening, we're hanging on too tightly to what was. And, and you just yes. can't have that. You know, it's, mm. it, it changes. Um, well, with self-acceptance, just like, the, just like when you feel accepted by somebody else, you, something weird happens and you become tender mm. and open. Just like if there's a conflict at the office and you feel you don't trust somebody or there's just a tension there of some kind, if you feel that person genuinely, randomly compliments you or you can tell that they think well of you or accept you, there's a weird softening that happens that's kind of almost outside of your control. And that happens with ourselves, I think, when we, in our reflection. Mm. Right, Boy, I sure need to get to the gym. I woke up this morning feeling a little sore and I was thinking, what is that? Because, you know, holiday mm-hmm. season, haven't worked out in like two weeks here. Mm-hmm. Been away from home. Excuses. Excuses, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife, uh, she found something on Facebook. It said, uh, oh, quit, quit making excuses. It's not the holiday. You were fat before Christmas. There's certain things that sound misogynistic or just bad yeah no matter what what the context doesn't matter my wife lost weight this december okay pumps up Uh, pump yes well i guess amy has yes oh oh my gosh (laughs) what did you do the the empty mic stand that was sitting near me i just like bashed my elbow on directly Uh, I didn't clear the way before I celebrated. <clears throat> so you're swinging yes. your arm around. <laughs> we had another baby. We we had another baby. It was when I remember like, how your house becomes this dark, quiet nest. I really should put something over the doorbell. <laughs> yeah, what? I want to say that when you're with young. I don't parents, want people to judge me for my parenting. <laughs> when you're with young parents with little ones, it's not really a party. It's more just kind of like a, a quiet, hushed 
affair. Ian Amy had breath. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you are in jet lag. <laughs> uh. <laughs> if it's good. Poor Steve, he's going to have a long workout. <laughs> you betcha, Tony. It's been good spending time with you. And to our listeners, I'd say, how are you going to leverage this knowledge about... What did we just talk about? <laughs> Keep going. Come on, Steve. One more rep. Come on. 